Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Desperate Spike Podcast. You like apples? Welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We dropped one, but picked up another. We have LJ's out this week, but Pops is back. Me and Uncle Tony are still here. What's going on, guys? What's up? Hello. <laughs> well, uh, last week, there was a tone in our voice. We were a little chippy. We were feeling good about the Arkansas Razorbacks, and they had a chance to to beat the number two ranked Georgia Bulldogs if they could win and Ole Miss could beat Alabama. Maybe it was a matchup between number one versus number two this Saturday. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> Both teams lost no. pretty handily. Arkansas, uh, 37-0, to zero, I believe, was what the final score was. Zero, zip, nada. And, yeah, nada. and honestly, it... May not have been that close. <laughs> yeah, that sounds closer than it felt watching. Um... Pops, you weren't with us last week, so I'll, I'll let you hold the floor first. Um, yeah, what you think? <laughs> wow. I, you know, um, number one, I thought their offensive and defensive line manhandled us, just manhandled us. I know on defense it seemed like, and I was really wanting Ridgeway that, you know, I was really high on him, that nose guard of ours. But by the time we touched the, the the Georgia ball carrier, it seemed like we were three to four yards in our, you know, past our sideline of the scrimmage, our side of the line of scrimmage. Um, I did want us to go, you know, downfield to try to loosen up the, uh, the defense a little bit. And I did think Jefferson had a little bit of time, a couple of times. Um, but we were just checking down and all. And I only saw one time where it looked like there was a receiver, a slot receiver that looked like he was open uh, a little bit down the field. So, I mean, I, hell, we just – we ran into a better team. It, it's I would say the only thing I was a little disappointed in is I thought Pittman, going back to Georgia, would be prepared for the noise and we wouldn't start the game with three, you know, illegal procedure well, calls. The problem may be that Pittman was prepared, but the I, so if you think about it, and I think this is something that's been interesting looking at other just in general, like it's been something if you're trying to look at either lines or how teams will perform. Teams have not done very well so far when their first road test because last year they didn't play. You know, mm. the stands weren't very full, and then this year I think a lot of these kids that are playing. Like KJ Jefferson and a lot of that offensive lines just never started a game where the crowd is that that ruckus raucous and and you look at where they played they had 
three home games, I believe, and then the the Dallas game, which there was a and M crowd, but it wasn't it wasn't like playing a true road game. Yeah. So Pittman can only be so ready. I think they tried to, and it it's just different once you actually get out there. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much well, Pittman can be last thing but I- they didn't they did seem a little undisciplined just. In general, there was penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty. I'm not the biggest NCAA football watcher, um, but I will say I've not seen a team that looked much better than Georgia or Alabama. They they do look like the class uh, of the NCAA to me so far in my limited viewership. Well, and that's something we talked a little bit uh, before we uh, hit record. And, Tony, I'll go to you. Like It, it looks like to me we kind of were talking in text where – I feel like that loss probably said – I mean, obviously it's a bad loss for Arkansas, but I don't think it shows that this is a fluky start to the year for Arkansas as much as it just shows, okay, so there is uh, there is Georgia and Alabama, and then there's the rest of college football. Would you agree with, with, with that sentiment? I, I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, I haven't seen anyone else um, – uh, yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment. I, you know, it, Oregon losing – that knocks the Pac-12 out of that. We've seen Ohio State lose. Wisconsin, I believe, lost to Michigan this weekend as well. Uh, Wisconsin's lost now to Michigan and Notre Dame, yeah. which they just can't score a point. Yeah, and so I, I would agree to that. So this game in particular, I, I'm going to disagree with Liff a little bit. Um, it, 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 the game could not have started any worse for Arkansas, but the offense is what lost that game, and, and the offensive line just could not – uh, they just couldn't handle that front seven of Georgia. And, and let's say this, I, I, I don't watch as much NCAA as other folks do, but we probably just saw seven uh, players playing on Sunday next year on that starting defense for Georgia. They're just phenomenal. Probably more. That, I, that's what's crazy is I think they start four NFL players on the defensive line. Yeah. And then yeah. the guys that spelled those guys are future NFL. Like, you know, they just, yeah. they're loaded. They're just loaded. Yeah. So it was thirty-seven to nothing, and the you, you know, we gave up thir- was it thirteen for one hundred and ten or one hundred twenty penalties, right, or something like that. Um, that's pretty much a whole length of the football field. That's seven points. We they blocked a punt. That's seven points. You know I, the defense itself. I thought you know honestly probably kept it, if it would have been a on a neutral site, we probably hold them to twenty points. I still think we we score zero because <laughs> yeah. I just don't know any way that that particular team was ready for that. We just don't have the playmaker that we have. And you, and you saw there for a little bit, Rocket Sanders got in there and had some success there in the second and third quarters where we started to figure out. But we just, you know, Georgia took advantage. We couldn't take advantage of our speed on defense because of their smash mouth on offense, and we just couldn't produce anything. One of the best defenses I've ever seen. And, and so to me – you know, you you can't start first and twenty five, and then on your one your first drive, and then first and twenty on your second drive, and then your third drive get your punt blocked in the end zone for a touchdown and expect to win a ball game. That was just bad. <laughs> you can't yeah can't I picture mean, it any worse. It, it's worth. I was actually, and it's hard to say you're impressed with the defense after losing thirty seven zero, but they gave up fourteen early points. And then, then they had the block punt for a touchdown. And from that point, I think from the five-minute mark of the first quarter all the way until the fourth quarter, they didn't allow an offensive touchdown from Georgia. Now, Georgia was running up and down the field, but they kept making them kick field goals. Yeah. And it was just – I thought the defense actually played well. They just didn't start very well. And then that punt block and, – and like you're saying, Tony, I just don't think that we're going to score 
maybe could have scored a touchdown, maybe 10 points, yeah. possibly. But they weren't – I don't I don't think even Arkansas firing on all cylinders was going to score much more than 10 mm-hmm. just because nah. it's just a, – it's a different class. I, and and uh, I think you'll see a pretty similar thing. You, to beat a Georgia or Alabama, unless you are Georgia or Alabama playing each other, I think you're going to need some some lucky breaks. And Arkansas got the opposite of that. They shot themselves yeah. in the foot. So yeah. Yeah. We're playing this weekend and next weekend for the a New Year's Day Bowl. Well, we're not in that. We're not. There's no way we're in a playoff system because – I, we'll play Ole Miss and Auburn, and, and we'll see if we can fit in the middle, the middle of the pack, the SEC, because there's Alabama, Georgia, and then fourteen other teams. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I do want to mention the Ole Miss uh, Alabama game just because, and I think we'll have more fun talking about uh, another coach's uh, decision making over the weekend. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll talk about that a little later. But Lane Kiffin, did y'all get to catch any of the Ole Miss Alabama game? Didn't catch much of it. Very no, very little. So before the game, and I, I hate that I don't know her name. Uh, there was it was Jamie Jamie's something. I can't remember her last name. She's the sideline reporter for for the CBS games. I can't I can't remember. But she was interviewing Lane Kiffin before, and she asked him like one question, and Lane Kiffin just goes, "Well, I'll tell you what, Jamie, get your pop. You better get your popcorn ready." And she went to go ask another question. And before she'd get it out, he threw the headset off and threw it to her. And it looked pretty disrespectful. Well, later he said that he didn't realize she was asking another question. And he heard a coach behind him yell for a kickoff team. So he thought the game was about to start. And he said he contacted her and tried to make it and, and tell her he didn't mean anything by it. So and so maybe didn't. But it was it was funny. I saw a quote from Lane Kiffin afterward where he said he went up to the offensive coordinator after that little interview. <clears throat> he said, I actually went up to offensive coordinator Jeff Levy and I just told him, Hey, we're gonna need some score. We're we're gonna need to score a lot of points because I just said something really stupid, <laughs> and and he's right because they went they went they they said get your popcorn ready. I think it was a uh, thirty-one to zero at halftime or something. So <laughs> tough by your boy Lane Kiffin and and of course Nick Saban is still I don't know what the I think it's twenty-four and zero against former assistants. So yeah, we mm-hmm. we we joke about Bill Belichick and former assistants. Nick Saban really does own all his former <laughs> assistants and. Somehow I didn't realize it was undefeated. I, I knew his record was really good. I didn't realize he had never lost to a former assistant. And a lot of his former assistants go to be coaches at solid programs. So that, never, lost. Pretty interesting. never lost. Never lost. You know, good on old Saban. Yeah, I think there's a little room somewhere back in the Alabama uh, coaching room. There's just a little room or closet where nobody but Nick Saban can go in. And I'm not sure what's in it and, or what he does in it. But it's something that nobody else knows about because he just beats he just beats all those guys. So he's not letting them into one room. If, if you could figure out what that one room is, you you could beat him. Well, I think the biggest thing he does is he he recruits like blue chip athletes after blue chip. <laughs> well, yeah, athletes it's like what we said athletes. about it's what we said about Georgia where they they have NFL athletes backing up NFL athletes, right. except for Alabama has now learned. Oh, let's also get the best one of the top quarterbacks in the nation too. With around all those yeah. those blue chip athletes, so that works out. You know, I don't know if if Arkan- I think Arkansas realizes that's a good thing to do and that that will work out. But it's just a little. Uh, it's easier said than done. And Alabama yeah. just has the uh, the ability to just keep rolling them in there. Yeah. So uh, let's go over to the NFL slate. We are now we're not a quarter of the way through, but typically this would be the quarter mark of the year. This is right where we would typically start going given our early season MVP awards and we still, we might have one or two we might throw that out there, but let's break out what we kind of thought now that we've got four games in. I do want to start here. Uh, 
Tony, just because LJ brought it up last week, and I know <laughs> you you were predicted something a couple weeks ago. Uh, Davis Mills had a <laughs> zero point eight QBR this past week, which is the worst QBR of all in the last three seasons. So yeah. he's a little behind on on what what the prediction was yeah. from from someone on the podcast. Yeah. But hey, the Bills were rolling. Maybe it's just it's a bad time to catch the Bills. So. Uh, Everybody. Mills Mafia just needs to wait just yeah. a little bit. It's coming. Everybody has a has a bad day. You know, he's he's no <laughs> he's no Nathan Peterman. So yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be, be fine. fine. Uh, so let's. We're not going to get into. We're not going to lead our NFL talk with uh, Davis Mills and Texans talk. We're actually going to lead with the team that is undefeated, the lone undefeated team. Now that the Raiders lost on Monday night, and we are talking, of course, about like everyone predicted. The Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> the Cliff Kingsbury Arizona Cardinals, who who have now, let's say they crushed the Titans in week one, 38-13. Close one over the Vikings, 34-33. Convincing one over Jacksonville after a weird first half. And then the biggest one of the season and, and what really kind of took, I wouldn't surprise if they beat the Rams, but it's the way they beat the Rams. Beat them 37-20 and one of those touchdowns was a garbage touchdown for Matt Stafford. Uh, Pops, I want to go to you first because we kind of talked about the Cardinals a little last week, and I know me and you are at least we're on the same page. I think most of us were that the Rams might be the class of the NFC or right up there with it. The Cardinals, I, I, I mean, are they the the class of the NFC now? I mean, what what do you think? Four and zero, and how how good are they? Well, it, it seems like about this time last year, weren't we talking about Kyler Murray MVP? Um, we were. I mean, they looked amazing. Uh, you know. Is Kyler Murray uber talented? Yes. Uh, is Tony got some room to talk to us about drafting Lamar Jackson <laughs> over Kyler Murray? Yes. Uh, now we'll see if he if he gets through the whole year, uh, and I hope he does. Quite frankly, because they're fun to watch. And I'll tell you what, Chase Edmonds can look amazing here and there. I mean, God, he can look fast and shifty. And amazingly, James Conner looks like a, a solid running back now he, that he's not running behind that pitiful offensive line in Pittsburgh. He does. I, I wanted the, the one thing I wondered, and I, and I was going to bring up not to take anything away from the Cardinals win, but could possibly the Rams have been a little bit, uh, maybe have a little hangover from beating the Bucks last week, you know, I wonder, uh, coming back, uh, you know, quick. Uh, well, no, they come back quick this week. Did they, they play Thursday? They play Thursday against Seattle. Yeah. Good game. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just wondering if, if uh, you know, they 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 had a hangover from maybe the Buck game and then have a Thursday game staring them in the face, you know, and got caught between. Now, that's not to take away the, the Cardinals won the game, but I think that could have played into it a little bit. So I don't know if they came in with a little bit of a hangover, but when with how quick Arizona jumped on them, I think they kind of were like, you know, I think that hangover set in about midway through the second quarter when they were like, okay, well, uh, I think we lost this one because Arizona just has us today. And and it's interesting. And so I do think it's a fair point you bring up because that, that Buccaneer game, the Buccaneer-Rams game two weeks ago, you could tell by the way McVay was going nuts. Like they were really – they wanted to make a statement in that in that game. And they did. And I think it was the exact opposite where Arizona really wanted to make a statement in this one mm-hmm. because McVay has really owned – the the recent uh, series between the Cardinals and Rams. And you even heard Kyler Murray after the game even kind of make note. He didn't like say like, he didn't give like, oh, we were really looking forward to this game, but he did make a note to say like, well, we know we've been pretty, we've been pretty bad between this team. So we've, we've been needing to get a win. So I think they knew this win mattered at what throws to me. And I'll go to you, Tony, but like Kyler Murray, 
76% completion percentage right now. It's first in the NFL. He's third in yards. He's third in QBR. And you, you see what he does with his feet. And the weapons there, I mean, we know DeAndre Hopkins is one of, if not the best receiver, but A.J. Green still has some gas in the tank. Rondell Moore's Rondale really good. Moore. Christian wow. Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. And then we, we they got two. I don't think either of their running backs are just studs, but they're both solid. The offense is good and the defense is playing solid. Tony, what do you? How good is this Cardinals team? You know, I they're pretty good offensively. I I still have some questions defensively, although they did do well um, this past weekend. But I I think the Rams did come in just kind of playing. Eh, well, you know, we beat the Bucks. We've I'm not so sure we should be worried about the Cardinals. Is what it looked like to me. However, I will say this: the difference maker right now that makes the the uh, Cardinals a little bit better than what we thought they might be is that they're running the football. And if Connor and Edmonds both stay healthy, uh, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, Chase Edmonds had 120 yards rushing uh, this past game. That's phenomenal. We're talk- We're normally talking about Kyler Murray, who's going to have 60, 80 yards rushing. Uh, if-, if they're going to allow – uh, them to have that much uh, yardage on the ground that really opens up what uh, Kingsbury does through the air. So they could be, I, yeah, I, I mean, if we can figure out how good the defense is going to be, I don't see them as a 17-0 and 0 team. Uh, they're just right. defensively just not there, but uh, they're right in the thick of it there in that NFC West. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure the 72 what, Dolphins can open the champagne. Yeah. There, there's no way yeah. the Cardinals are going 17 yeah. and 0. I don't see that. And that's what's really impressed me, though, is I thought this – and I think we talked about it before the year. If Kyler Murray is healthy, because you're right, Pops, we were talking the same noise about that offense last year, and they have better weapons now. But it's it's Kyler – and I don't think I'm necessarily worried about Kyler Murray staying healthy because he does a good job of avoiding hits. He's just a smaller guy, so if – if he gets caught by a big defensive lineman and landed on him, I'm just a little concerned. But it's what they're doing defensively. I mean, they're they're top five or uh, they're top ten in scoring defense, which is good. But it is worth noting they two of the teams that they allowed uh, less than twenty points to were the Titans in Week One, which I think the Titans were just not ready, and then Jacksonville, Jacksonville's Jacksonville. Uh, the Vikings were able to get 33 on them. And then they did hold the Rams to 20, which I think is impressive. But it's possible, I think, y'all are right. The Rams kind of went, okay, we can punt on this one. Like, we, we lost this one. Let's just get our ducks in order and be ready for Thursday against yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, but what they do what they do that is impressive to me is they're, they're, they're top five in turnover differential. Where turnovers are interesting stat. It, you can take away a lot. Sometimes turnovers just lucky. So I don't know for sure. But they are top five. The only teams better than them right now are the Cowboys and Bills. And I, and we might be talking about one of those because <laughs> I, I think when we talk about the class of the NFC, and I'm not trying to get carried away here, <laughs> to me, the class of the NFC is three teams right now. I think it's the Cowboys, Cardinals, and Buccaneers. I really do because I, – I, well, first, your reaction to that, Pops. Do you think that is the class of the NFC? Because uh, you are with us last week. We talked well, about the Cowboys I would last throw, week. I would throw the Packers and the Rams in there uh, as well. So I put those two as – I put like there's the 1A is Cowboys, Cards, Bucks on my sheet right here, and then I got Packers, Rams right below them. Just because I worry a little bit about their de- – well, the Rams, I, sh- I don't really worry about their defense, so maybe I should put them there. But go ahead. Well, I still – I think the, the Rams are, are certainly in, in that group. And, and yeah, I put the Cowboys in there too, which is 
it scares me to do. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic, but I do think they look good. I think their defenses look good. Damn, Travion Diggs looks like a steal. I mean, he may be one of the better cornerbacks in the freaking league. Um, a lot of people are throwing like defensive players, and it's the perfect time of year where you throw awards out way too early. Yeah. But he is doing things where he like he's doing the defensive player of the year type things to start. Now it's four games. He might get exposed later, but when you have a corner like that, they're getting pre- Randy Gregory. All of a sudden, looks really good. Micah Parsons, we've talked about that. They're not. They're missing Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, I was going to say, now they get Lawrence uh, back soon. Um, what's the story uh, on him? I think like week eight or nine because he broke his foot, so it's going to oh, be a little while okay. for him. But the defense looks solid with guys. Like they're missing guys with COVID, and and they're missing Keanu Neal, who's got COVID. And what really has impressed me is they. Kellen, so I, I'm not about to say Mike McCarthy's a good head coach because we ha, we all have our doubts about Mike McCarthy, but I will give him credit. He is what he did is he got two really good assistant like uh, coordinators and he's letting his coordinators do their job. And right now, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore look like they are doing a master class. Kellen Moore, I love what he's doing. We we praised Dan Quinn last week and I he's doing a great job. But Kellen Moore's got the Cadillac in Dak Prescott and he's and it's very easy to get carried away and want to drive fast and throw the ball down the field, especially with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and, and Cedric Wilson playing well and the tight ends they got. And he's going, well, we got an offensive line that's mauling people. And Zeke's running really well. Pollard's running just as good behind them. Mm-hmm. And they're winning without Dak having to do much. So I, if you can do that, that's the – every time the Cowboys have been successful in the last 10 mm-hmm. years since the triplets has been when the quarterback's not going crazy. So I, I I don't know I'm I'm intrigued by the Cowboys Tony I I said a uh, lot there where, where are you going So I'm going to say this uh, first of all I think Mike McCarthy is the best head football coach that Dallas has had in the last 15 years because Jason I Garrett agree. was Jason Garrett was not a good right. coach. <laughs> that's uh, not saying a lot but I do agree but, with you So yeah. I, I I first there and he's doing what a head coach is supposed to do and what I have said on this podcast multiple times is you let your you let your coordinators do the do their work and he's he and you head coach and so he's doing that you know clock management aside. No, I still wish he learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. whatever. But so I knew, um, I knew that was a side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm concerned they're a little thin on defense. Uh, but three and one uh, with being in the NFC East, I think that's a good. Uh, that's a great start. Uh, you beat the Eagles, who arguably probably were one of the. I, I, the Redskins have, have righted the ship, but uh, their the defense team. is not. Yeah, excuse me, the football team. There you go. That's you. You got me fifteen years ago. Uh, I wish <laughs> they'd just pick a fucking name. Uh, so um, maybe the uh, Heineke's because I damn I like the old Heineke's. Taylor Heineke's. Anyway. Yeah, the Heineke's would be great. But um, so, <laughs> but anyway, I do think the Cowboys. You, you can count the Cowboys as as uh, an elite team in the NFC for now. I I really want them to get a little more depth. Uh, one thing I'd say is is they're doing this stuff. They're three and one without Amari Cooper being a hundred percent healthy, and with CD Lamb basically disappearing for a couple of weeks, and uh, and Gallup on the side, and they're and, and they're missing the Lyle Collins. And, I don't even know if Lyle Collins. Collins is going to have and, his job when he gets and, back because that offensive line's playing amazing without him. And where did Dalton Schultz come from? Right? Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I wish I'd have picked up Dalton Schultz five weeks ago at the uh, copper grill, somebody would have whispered in my ear, Hey, I, I think Dalton <laughs> Schultz is going to be the guy, but nobody did. And so everybody was thinking about Jarwin, but uh, 
But yeah, I mean, Schultz has has picked up some slack there for Gallup, and and they've made the most of it. And so yeah, I'll give them. But I, I'm going to discount there a little bit. I I think it's still the uh, Cardinals and the Rams. I, I'm not willing to um, Bucks to put the Bucks in there after what happened this past Sunday night. I, I have concerns. I I I I think that Ooh. there is a significant hangover, a uh, Super Bowl hangover going on right there, and I. We we'll need to see what Tom Brady does here in the middle of the stretch here. But we kind of talked last year. He started off slow and then really took off. But we'll see. And I hope I hope Bobby Hubbard's not listening to this podcast because I've got a trade offer for him because I think we might be I might be able to get Brady cheap. But um, uh, I, I I'm concerned about the Bucks and well, the, they the don't Bucks have, have no center. defensive backs right none. I mean, None, yeah. and they be they, I mean, they they picked up Richard Sherman and put him straight in the starting lineup. Yeah. They yeah, there's that tells you something. They beat the New England Patriots in the AFC East, which other than Buffalo, the AFC East has been very disappointing. Um, but they beat the New England Patriots on a missed field goal, a yeah. 55-yard missed field goal that doinked. If that field goal is four inches to the right, and don't ask Lifford about four inches to the right, but how important that is. But <laughs> they're you know, they're beat. Their ass is beat, and so uh, and, and that would have been a significant a significant thing for the Bucks. So I am not well, I am not as impressed with the Buccaneers right now. They, they they have got to figure out some things not only on defense but offensively. They're out of sync. They have quite. A, it looks like looking at their upcoming schedule, they have some time to figure things out. They got. Home Dolphins at the Eagles versus the Bears at the Saints at Washington Giants Colts Falcons. I mean, they don't, all those games seem like they're. they're yeah. I would probably say those are wins for Buccaneers. I mean, they might let one slip. So, yeah. I think they'll have time. I, I agree <laughs> to an extent. Uh, I wonder a little bit like, so they they didn't look great against New England. You're right. But I wonder if that's a little bit about Bill Belichick pulling all the stops and figuring something out, or maybe Tom yeah. Brady didn't look right to me. I mean, he, hey, he was he, off. he was he, he was, was missing throws that he just doesn't miss. Yeah. And I there's no way he wasn't more amped up. Like it was weird. So I saw that he didn't come out from the game till like way later than he typically does. And I think it was because he was trying to keep the emotions out of the game. Yeah. And I, they apparently got to him. at one point. I think they got to him because he was just missing. He was off on throws that he just doesn't miss. And, and how was he? He was over the top, right? He was yeah. overthrowing a lot. I mean, yeah. that's usually an things he just doesn't do. Now, the, yeah. It was wet. It was raining. Yes. It was a bad field conditions. Yeah, I, um, I'd give something to the IT department. Did, did Joe Montana ever go back to the San Francisco and play? I, I, I would be interested to see that because it's I don't the think only. He well, did. it's I sure the only comparison that. I can think about is that uh, I, I think that he did, and the Chiefs won, but. Um, and he played well, but mm. I can't think of any other situation where you've got a quarterback who's a Hall of Fame surefire, and and now we're talking about the goat that has to go back and play somewhere where he played for twenty years, and that does have to be tough on a guy. So, but still. all right, all right. So it has got back to me uh, in nineteen ninety four. It looks like Joe Montana, as a chief quarterback, played against the Forty ers at San Francisco. I don't know if it was at San okay. Francisco. Okay. I do know, I think Brady is now the fourth quarterback to have beaten all 32. All him, 32 Peyton Manning, It was Drew in Brees. Kansas City, Missouri. So. Favre? It was in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did, and Favre. And Favre. 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 Did Favre, 
I think it, well, of course, at Minnesota, Favre had to go back to Green Bay. Favre had to go back to Green Bay, yeah. and I remember that being kind of a. Yeah. It's, I, but I he think was still that's pissed. A little something. Brady wasn't still pissed. Yeah. Brady had a Super Bowl ring on. Favre was still pissed when he went to Green Bay. <laughs> so that I I don't know. I still I like the Packers. Just make me a little nervous because I haven't seen much out of their defense uh-uh. to to show me much. Whereas the Cards and Cowboys, both of those defense, I don't know that. So that both of those defenses are doing it on forcing a lot of turnovers, which could just be what they are. But yeah. turnovers just can be a fluky number. So I, we could see in eight weeks, all of a sudden the Cowboys aren't turning the ball or aren't getting turnovers because the Cowboys are giving up yards, and so are the Cardinals. They're just getting turnovers, and so we'll see if that's just the way they are. Um, so that's the class of the AFC, at least or the NFC. We we at least can all agree there's five teams: Cowboys, Cards, Bucks, Packers, Rams. Where we put those five. Might differ, but I think those are kind of the class right now. Over on the AFC, for me, I have two teams that are above the rest. I have two teams in my tier A, and it's the Bills and Chargers right now. And I might be getting a little too early on the Chargers. I might maybe I'm just a recency bias because I watched them win on Monday night. Uh, Tony, I see a face. First, go go with what you uh, <laughs> off that. What do you think? Well, I got to go. We're talking Steelers, class to AFC. Right? It's just here. a bad time. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Just, you stick just, with that Steelers I, pick. I, I feel like that. those 3J parlay y'all did last week, uh, I, by the way. And yeah, I was, I, well, we already told you. I always go the opposite and, of whatever we say. Yeah, Prestige Worldwide informed me that, you know, the Giants are not a, a J. So, um, well, no, we, well, that was, I thought, the joke. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, um, no, I, I um, Buffalo for sure. And I, I we said this early. I, I still think the AFC West is, gosh, so strong. Um, and I, the AFC South, wow, how, how disappointing is that division? And because um, Tennessee – Tennessee was playing to tie the Jets at the end of that gosh, game. I don't know if y'all noticed that. They were playing, playing – when you're playing to tie the Jets, I think you just deserve a loss. <laughs> the South, I, yeah. I think you automatically yeah, hard to argue with that. that so, AFC South and, and the East has been disappointing but for the Bills. And so, and even in the North, I, I think we Cleveland – uh, has shown some weaknesses the last couple of weeks. They're still not a complete team. They can run the damn football, that's for sure. But if you look at that West, and, and I think the Raiders kind of showed a chink in that armor last night, um, but going on the road uh, to play the Chargers, I, I, I think you could – Did they go on the road? It felt like that was a home yeah, game for, for the Raiders. Yeah, it is debatable. It's kind of like being in Dallas and watching the A&M <laughs> play the Razorbacks. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think that you could say – uh, I, I don't know how you discount Kansas City. Uh, you know, Kansas City Chargers, the Broncos probably have a top five defense, and uh, and they'll get Chubb back healthy. I think in a couple weeks, is he still out? Well, I've noticed. I've noticed you mentioned Chubb like three weeks in a row. You're really banking a lot on Chubb, yeah. which I do think Chubb's good. I do think Chubb's good. Yeah. I'm not discounting. But him. and they'll get now Bridgewater's in concussion protocol, but. Um, that's that's LJ's gonna get to see his boy Drew Locke. <sighs> I hope not, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I, I think that um, uh, but but I, I think they've got Judy is still out, and if he comes back, they, they, they've got an offense, and and so I still think the West is going to produce probably produce all the wild cards. So I, I'm not sure it's it's those two teams. I, I think you've still got to consider the Chiefs and and uh, Chargers, Chiefs. Uh, Broncos, Buffalo, and, and then 
throw him up in the air is we'll see if Cleveland can can figure out how to be balanced on offense. Uh, we'll right. See what the happens. AFC North has three three and one teams with the Bengals, Ravens, and Browns, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. That it's still muddy to me. I don't it's know strange, who the favorite is in that division. So, boy, that uh, is a great comment. Here we are talking about everybody, and, and and so the North has three three and one teams, and we're discounting them. Because I'm just not sure. I don't I, know. <laughs> you know, the Ravens showed something this this weekend uh, by going to Denver, and and it's a tough place to play. Um, well, and I think the Browns have shown something where they can win on the ground. They can maybe win with – I'm not sure about Baker, but that we've seen them win with offense in the earlier this year, and now they're winning with defense, and that defense looks like what we thought about because Miles Garrett is just playing out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, Pops, I want to get your thoughts before I kind of I, – because I, I have a little more to elaborate on the Bills Chargers. but So that's who I had at the class. So mine, I had Bills Chargers with a class, and then right below them I had uh, 1B Ravens and Chiefs. I still have the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes – where do you go, Pops? Well, I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I mean, Bills Chargers are, are the first two that I wrote down, but basically I have Bills, AFC West, Ravens, <laughs> and the Browns. I mean, that's that's kind of how I got it. Because, I mean, the whole AFC West, the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, and Chiefs, which you, you every one of you said in some form or another. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little worried that the, Bron- the Broncos and Raiders, I'm just I, out of the AFC West, I think the two teams I trust are the Chiefs and Chargers. The Broncos point. and Raiders – now I like them. I'm just not sure if they're like they're playoff good, like wild card good. I just don't know if they're like good, good. Well, you know? I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about that that Raiders Chargers game because it, it looked like the Chargers had Go control off. of it, and 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 the Raiders came back and threw a haymaker, you know, and they did and, and got back. They got in punched it. in the mouth in that third quarter. They they I thought made wow. I told Tammy, I said this is going to be a hell of a game, and then the Chargers. Took that punch and came back out and won the game. I mean, and, and soundly, I thought. But but some things that I saw that I liked is that uh, Carr trusts Ruggs now, it looks like to me. He will throw that ball up and give Ruggs a chance to go get it. And Ruggs is... And he barely missed him on one that would have changed the game. I yep. can't remember. I think it was early fourth quarter. And he almost hit it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I tell you what, I like the way Derek Carr plays the game. Uh, I think he, he is intense. Um, you know, he threw an interception that hurt him, but he's trying to make something happen at the end. You know, I, I, I can forgive that. It, it was tough. But um, so anyway, I thought that was a good game. And I like I'm not giving up on the Raiders uh, uh, yet and definitely not giving up on the Chiefs because they do have that that guy that plays back there in the backfield, uh, Mahomes. And, Generational and talent. We're well, talking about Elaire? Oh, oh, you're talking about Yeah, C-H. But, but they do, that defense, I mean, it's like I'm going to start anybody I can against that Chiefs defense. Good mm-hmm. Lord. I mean, it, and it's going to probably be a blowout because Mahomes is going to score points. So, um, But, yeah, so well, that's, that's where I have it. I, I still have Broncos, what, Bills, and Chargers, probably my top two teams in the AFC right now. It still scares me. We don't have to, we don't have to belabor this point because I know uh, – uh, Tony hit on this last week, but the Chiefs so far in four games have punted the ball six times total <laughs> in four games, and they've lost two of them. That's that just tells you that defense. Mahomes does cover up a lot of mistakes, but I, I just worry uh, Mahomes is at some point is it going to be perfect? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he will just keep being awesome, man. but it, I just feel like Mahomes has to be MVP Mahomes for them to win right now. And the other teams, I don't know if that's the case. So I, I do want to mention, though, with the Bills. So since losing to Pittsburgh, which I think we can for sure say that was a fluky Woo! loss, but Woo! they are 3-0 and since then, averaging 39 points per game and giving up just 7 points per game, including two 
35 plus point shutouts. Yeah. It is worth noting they've played three backups. They played Jacoby Brissett, uh, Heineke, and then the other shutout was, oh, Davis. Was it Davis Mills this past week? So <laughs> I don't know for sure if that defense is great or not, but I, I think they're good enough. And Josh Allen seems like he's kind of starting to get back into his groove after a weird start to the year. Yeah. But so we'll learn about them. We'll actually learn a lot uh, this week, Sunday night. I believe the Bills play the Chiefs, play the right? Chiefs. Yes. The Chiefs need that guy. That'll be so. awesome. I'll I'll be on the road, but boy, I sure hope I can find a place to watch that. I since I'll be traveling with Prestige Worldwide, I bet I do. So I bet uh, I, I have a good feeling. <laughs> one way or another, you'll find a way to. I watch bet that there'll one. be a spot where we can watch that game. But uh, uh, yeah, I you know I the the Bills have really turned around. But that's a good point about who they played, although. If you can get four interceptions on Davis Mills, you must be pretty good. So. <laughs> well, Davis Mills, Patrick Mahomes, basically the same. So they're going to get another yeah. tough test this week. Uh, yeah, I really and pops. I might be crazy. I, when I was kind of said it earlier, I kind of at least alluded at it. I got. I think I got Tony shaking his head a little bit. I, I think the Chargers are the most complete team in the AFC. I really do. I mean, I, I think. Her, I don't really don't think the offense has got clicking yet on all cylinders. I think we finally saw Eckler have a really good game, and he looked fantastic on Monday night. He did. They didn't really have Mike Williams or Keenan Allen do anything <laughs> right? on Monday yeah. night, and one against a, a Raiders team who we were saying might have an MVP at quarterback. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's early. But what's really doing it for me is the Chargers defense. So they allowed 16 in their win over Washington, 20 in their loss to Dallas, their only loss, 24 in their win over Kansas City and 14 last night to Vegas. All four of those are season lows for those teams. So so far, everybody's gotten a season low scoring when they played the Chargers defense. And we'll see if Derwin James can stay healthy. I don't know if he will, but he looked good last night. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony's boy Bosa looks pretty damn good up front. I, if the defense is good, I, I think Herbert has – I'm not saying he's – Mahomes, but I, he has a little bit of that at Mahomes S where he can make some throws. They got receivers. They got Eckler. I guess Jared Cook, he's going to play just forever, but I guess he's good again at tight end. I, I don't want to talk about Jared Cook. <laughs> I just think it's that <clears throat> that division's interesting. And actually, it's just awesome. We I think we mentioned this at week one or week two when they played each other, but we're going to get Herbert Mahomes in that matchup for, for the next while, decade. It's, yeah. it's going to oh, yeah. be fun. That's great. It's like the old <clears throat> AFL. You know, where, you know, they were starting out and you had, um, you know, Daryl LaMonica throwing against, you know, um, Lynn Dawson. You had all these great and, and Dan Fouts. It's, I, I'm real excited about it, uh, this matchup and, and Justin Herbert and Mahomes. So I was know. trying to write, I was trying to think back to this. Do y'all remember another time where we had two? Like, so Peyton Manning didn't really have anyone in, in his division that was a Hall of Fame level. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to put Herbert and Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying at least Hall of Fame level talent, MVP talents. I've come up with two. One more is in y'all's wheelhouse, and one more probably in my <laughs> watching. I got Breeze and Matt Ryan. If you Matt Ryan, uh, he was MVP. He won an MVP, so yeah. maybe an MVP level. They kind of had their back and forth. And the other one I wrote down was Dan Marino and Jim Kelly. They yeah. they were in the same division and yeah. battled each other. Other than that, can y'all think of another? Tom Brady didn't have anybody really to to battle in his AFC East while he dominated well, for. I, I think you could Chad, Pennington? Chad Pennington. I mean, come on, Chad Pennington. MVP, but I'm talking yeah. MVP level quarterback. Chad Pennington. God, that was there. You go. <laughs> All 
I mean, we had Tony Romo, uh, Donovan McNabb uh, for a little while there. Uh, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, Eli Manning, McNabb. I, I, we, we don't get this that often. And also, it's kind of unlucky if you're a Chiefs fan or Chargers fan that you you find your stud quarterback that should be Hall of Fame level, and now you're going to have to go up against another Hall of Famer for two years or for two games a year yeah. for, the, for the entirety of their career probably. Yeah, I mm. said this, or you, you heard me say Daryl Lamonka, but, you, you know, Ken Stabler and Lynn Dawson, and I'm I am definitely aging myself here. And now, I grew up. Tony, I, even you were a young man when they were. Yeah, playing. I was a very young man. I grew up in, I, you know, I spent uh, seven years in Kansas City growing up. And so uh, I rode the school bus to Arrowhead Stadium to watch some of those games. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it is tough. Kevin, that's a phenomenal question. It, if it we just questions. don't get it that often. I think we're super lucky. And now, for think, Chiefs fans, yeah, I'm, just, I'm sorry that you're yeah, going to have to play I, him, I'm but. trying to think anybody in the South, NFC South, that was – unless you go Cam Newton and Drew Brees, you know. But he but didn't have it long didn't enough. Have it long I, enough. I think we're going to get yeah. 10-plus years of Herbert sure Mahomes could. being – You sure could. It, it's interesting. Uh, fingers crossed that I they think if I'm, they do because they're awesome. Yeah, and if I'm a, if I'm a receiver – I'm wanting to go to those two teams. Like I'm wanting to try to go find a way to play with Mahomes and Herbert because I just think <laughs> they're just really, really good. Yeah, so. I think I think Devontae Adams is going to look real good in a Chiefs uniform next year. So, <laughs> well, do you see the the Chiefs just activated Josh Gordon, so that'll fix their defensive issues. Did they activate him? Put him on. Yeah, I think oh, he he's got put on the playing safety. So. I didn't know if you knew that he's going to be a two way player. <laughs> well, okay, okay. He looked, last time I saw him, he looked like he'd make a hell of a safety. <laughs> he's Oh man! Well, they asked. I, they I know asked what I'm Andy picking Reed up this about week him. on my waiver wires. So they asked Andy Reid about Josh Gordon. They were like, "How does he look?" And he goes, "Well, I'll tell you what. He looks faster than me. I'll give you that much." <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave he gave a good little giggle. So so does funny. Joe Biden. Joe Biden Joe looks Biden faster than Andy Reid. We kind of talked about it a little bit before. At, there was all this buildup for the Brady Belichick showdown, Brady going back to New England Sunday night. I, am I the only one that felt like, and maybe we should have known this because we hyped it up too much. It felt like a letdown to me. I agree. I agree. It, 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 it but, but was, Belichick, but I think, I think the weather had a lot to do with that. And yeah, I mean, of course it was pouring ass. And rain. real quick, what what is Steve Belichick's problem? I mean, is that crystal meth or what is that? I, I'm serious. What so, is going on with that guy? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a TMZ moment right here, but I don't think Steve Belichick is Bill Belichick's son. I I think that's John Gruden's illegitimate son. Because hmm. you, you watched him and his tongue was sticking out, he's squinting his eyes, and he's doing that stuff. And sport, it's sporting funny. that mullet. Maybe it's Rex Ryan. I don't know. May, instead of it, may not be John Gray. It may be Rex Ryan. For for two plus decades, the cameras have been trying to get a single emotion out of a Belichick, <laughs> and Bill and Bill just won't give him anything. And then all of a sudden, Sunday night, NBC realized, oh, we were filming the wrong Belichick, and you got Steve licking his lips and and doing weird things. I mean, it, I don't know what the hell he was doing. So, I just love when he stick his tongue out and go. That was just awesome. Man, awesome. He, yeah, he, he needed a fix or something. I don't know what. <laughs> Man, uh, I got to have it. No, the problem was I think it. he got his fix, and yeah. that's what was what was giving us those reactions. I, I don't know. That was all. I, you know, I when I watched that game and 
thank you, Bet Online, because I won money on that. Because Belichick did what he does. He made it a mess. He made it a mess of a game. And that's what Belichick does. Is he 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 will his defense will make it a mess of the game, and that's what happened. And uh and, and so yeah, it should have been more than it was, but I don't know what else we want. I mean, the, the Patriots could have won it on a last second field goal. And so I didn't was, like it the was deci- a Patriot I, That game. didn't seem like a very Bill Belichick decision to, it to was not go for that fifty eight yard field yeah, goal. What was it? Fourth and what? With the what kicker. was it? Fourth and what when he did that? Two? You were, uh, two? Three, I think fourth two and three. three. It was fourth and not crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In it those conditions, yeah. That was odd. You know, choice. he dialed with back the kicker rookie, and rookie quarterback. I don't have James White. I better kick it. Yeah, but Mac Jones played a really good game. 20, was, was it 20 straight card. completions or yeah. something like 19 that? 19 or 20 tied Tom Brady's record for most completions ever. Oh. It's your next Eli the Manning right there, the most boring Hall of Famer ever. Right. I, I think the hype on, like, people were – Mac Jones played well, but all of a sudden people were like, oh, well, they have their Tom Brady replacement. He showed I'm like, it was a decent game, but he didn't do anything crazy. Hey, yeah. Mac Jones, is, he's probably the best rookie quarterback to this point, wouldn't you Absolutely. say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's played the best. I no don't doubt. know if, I, if you redrafted right now. I'm not <clears> saying I would take Mac Jones one overall. Well, but he's played the best overall. I think. Uh, the, that Davis I, Mills kid's pretty good. If if, <laughs> if I was a uh, if I was a big Patriot fan, I'd I'd be happy with Mac Jones. Uh, I'd yeah. be happy with his development for sure. And I do think I think Belichick knows. He, I mean, like they both know each other inside and out. I think Belichick threw some some defensive loops at at uh, Brady, you know, just very well disguising the defenses and changing them up like they were talking about. But but then Brady just was not on. I don't know. Did, I mean, I can't remember. Did he def, did he deflate just frozen footballs or wet footballs? I, I don't remember. <laughs> did you notice frozen. I saw so, – so he got, he got that uh, – he, he broke the record for passing yards yeah, in a did. career. Yeah. And the ref tried to, like, give him the ball and stuff and make something out of it. And he, like, hurriedly threw it off to the sideline. And I just thought it was interesting. It's not the first time – he tried to, to get rid of the evidence really quick and get it off the side. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I will say this. And so, Lifford, you brought brought up a pretty good point there. And, and it's interesting. He he was without both of his uh, safety valves. Um, uh, Giovanni Bernard was out that game. And so you saw Fournette get a lot of use. But Gronkowski was out as well. And so he didn't have that. I don't see anything. I want to go to. Oh shit! I don't have anybody. And he 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 really has that feel. So uh, he's you know with Bernard being that was a big signing for them this year to give him that additional uh, safety valve. And both of those guys being out, I think really probably hurt Brady more than we actually th- thought about it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, good point. Uh, we do need to mention. Um, one thing I did notice, Kirk Cousins has now moved to 7-37 and 37 lifetime against teams with a winning record. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I, honestly, though, <laughs> I think uh, Kirk Cousins is, is our new, our new uh, Phillip Rivers. They're just the Vikings are going to be in a close game. Either they're going to let another team get back into it, or they're going to crawl back from like a 21-point deficit every single Sunday. And it's going to be fun to watch. And, and they're going to end up probably – one game over 500, you're going to go, well, if they would have just won, you know, four more of those games, they could easily be, you know, 12 and five or whatever. You know, I, they're just going to be one of those teams, I think, because Kirk Cousins is good enough to score 20 plus points every week. It's just, will they score it late or early? I have never heard a better description than that, Kevin. 
<laughs> Philip Rivers but, and Kirk Cousins. You're you're spot on. That is he's a great just description. The, 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 he's probably the less the less quotable Philip Rivers because Philip <laughs> Rivers, you know, he knows how to he knows how to give us a good soundbite. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't uh, have 27 kids either, so <laughs> true. Uh, but we we need we're, we really need to talk about this game, not for what we saw on the field and not for what we saw from Kirk Cousins, but it's it's about the Kirk Cousins with better commercials. Pops, I'm hearing that you saw a good Baker Mayfield commercial well, over the weekend. Well, I have to say, I, I, I mean, I do pay attention to, to a couple of things. When Baker Mayfield commercial <laughs> comes on, I'm going to pay attention to it. And when Dr. Rick comes home with progressive insurance, I'm paying attention. Um, Both are progressive right now, so progressive has you hook, line, and sinker. Man, so is Baker Mayfield progressive? See, I didn't even yeah, realize yeah, what he I is. noticed that this weekend. But, dude, so when they're having that the Halloween, <laughs> and he dumps some chips in their bag <laughs> and then gets the cheese thing and squirts squirts some melted cheese in their Halloween bag and he's just so proud of himself. I guys, that was a freaking amazing commercial. That was really, I haven't really, seen really, that really one good. Yet. Uh, and then the way he's yet. standing there and he goes, I tell you, they just get cuter and cuter every single year. He does have, have y'all seen that? Have y'all seen the one where he's like doing, he's like playing the the role of like a soccer mom and he's sitting there talking to two moms yeah. while he's watering the garden outside the stadium? It's hilarious. Yeah. Did you hear she's pulled him out of archery again? What? He says something like they talk all this crap about this woman. Like, oh, but she's a great soul. Great heart. Great heart, Robert. Like, they just, they're so, oh, he's funny. He's, he's good at commercials. The, yeah. That is complete. We had another play I wanted to ask y'all real quick about. So, so we had was it the flea flicker was in the in the Raiders uh, Chargers. Chargers game, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I was kind of thinking about a flea flicker. Is that just a play action <laughs> pass with a really good fake? Is that what it is? I mean, what is <laughs> a flea flicker? You know, I mean, I mean I are you really what asking what a flea? What do you mean? Like, it's yes. a play action. I think it's a play action with a really good fake. I think that's, that's what it is. Well. It, yeah, I guess that's because the running back actually takes the ball and then he puts it back the to the quarterback. So that's a pretty good fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we used to call a flea flicker. We would throw, and I remember it was my buddy Eric, we would throw the ball out in the flats to Eric in high school as a receiver, and then he'd pitch the ball to the running back coming around. I mean, and we won a couple of games with that. No, well, so that's more like a hook and that's ladder. That's a hook and ladder. They call that's, that a hook and ladder. We called it a flea, a flea flicker, flicker back in the day. Come on, no lift. Maybe in Ashdown <laughs> they call that a flea flicker. But well, it was an Ashdown play. That's a hook and ladder. Yeah, yeah. That's a hook and ladder. Uh, let's see. A couple other quick stats I had for you guys. Um, a, a crazy Matt Ryan stat for you. So in their 34-30 to 30 loss – to uh, Pops' fighting Heineke's. Matt Ryan threw for just under 300 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. That is his fourth loss with four touchdowns and zero interceptions, which is a new NFL record. That breaks Andrew Luck's record of most games ever with four touchdowns, no picks, but still loses. Wow. Andrew Luck did it Poor in Matt like Ryan. a quarter of the time, too. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and then another quarterback stat I found for you. Um. The uh, the list of the five worst quarterbacks in QBR this season. Oh shit! It is Justin Fields, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Ben Roethlisberger. So four rookies and Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> are all at the bottom five of QBRs. Ben Roethlisberger is terrible. I still think he sucks and he needs to retire. And you know what? I thought about this, and actually, I need to give credit. I was watching Good Morning Football, and Mike Robb on there brought this up. 
What's going on right now in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger is exactly why the Green Bay Packers took Justin, uh, took uh, Jordan Love. Because if it ended up not working out for him because uh, Aaron Rodgers still has MVP level, but if he would have turned into Ben Roethlisberger, they would have had a backup to go to, or at least to test. The Steelers got nothing. They got nothing. You're going to go to Dwayne Haskins? I think we no. know Dwayne Haskins. Are Dwayne you going to go to Rudolph? I uh, think we know Rudolph. They've gone to Dwayne. They're, they're stuck. They're stuck. They've gone to Mason Rudolph once before, and that that was we not saw how that ended. Yeah, so it's doing. Yeah, I so LJ's not on tonight, so I can say this. He he can be gone <laughs> with it. Yeah, um, Ben Roethlisberger is. He wanted to retire this last year, and he didn't do it. He probably should have retired. I I I think it's unfair for us to say Ben Roethlisberger was a bad quarterback based upon this year because there's there's plenty of body of work. To still, and this is where LJ will disagree, to get him in the Hall of Fame. But this is a shell of a I man. Think some, it's just not somehow, good. Not good. I don't know if it's possible to play your way out of the Hall of Fame because like four <laughs> years ago he was in. <laughs> but uh, So this is a stat He's from not the ring. Uh, <laughs> Listen to this. So we've talked about how he, he has a hard time or at least doesn't throw the ball down the field and really loves to throw it uh, right along the line of scrimmage, especially – this year he's been getting a real knack of doing it on fourth down, and instead of throwing to the sticks, he throws it behind the line of scrimmage and Najee Harris, where it's like, oh, you now you need to run for 16 yards. Uh, entering Sunday, there had been 30 – this is NFL history. There had been 37 completed passes on fourth downs in the NFL. 34 of those 37 completions went for first down. That's over 90, 90%. That's because usually on fourth down you throw it to the sticks. <laughs> At so least. if you complete it, if you complete it, you're probably getting the first down. That's obvious, right? Well, that is unless you're Ben Roethlisberger, who has completed three passes on fourth down this season, and none have been a first down. That 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 is zero percent. So I, I don't understand. He's just not good. He's just not good. That's on Mike anymore. Tomlin because if I, you, I was going to say yeah. If the IT department goes back. Uh, if it's ever fourth down, Mike Tomlin is the worst fourth down coach I've ever seen. They can't make a fourth down. It's in fair point. Anything. So, and maybe it's Ben Roethlisberger, but I didn't say that. But anyway, it. But it, it's just that's that's where I would be with that. It, yeah, it, it's a shame. I'm really, you know, Ben Roethlisberger could have been an effective backup quarterback this year uh, to hand the reins over and and and. I still think the Steelers, they, they keep talking about the Dolphins, but the Steelers are who should be talking to uh, Houston about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, so we do get that awesome Bills-Chiefs game on Sunday night. Other than that, we kind of got a blah yeah. schedule. I mean, Thursday night's good, Rams-Seahawks. Yeah. But then you get, um, well, the Clapper Coming back to Arlington, Giants and Cowboys. <laughs> that's going to be a, a huge matchup. Yeah. We get our first. Hey, just set your alarm clocks, all you fantasy owners. We do have a London game this week. Yep, yep that's right. So 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. Jet, well, if you have a Jets or Falcons, you're probably struggling. In I don't have to worry about so. that. Yeah, I will. <laughs> no problem for me. Hopefully. Unless you got Cordarell. If so, you probably took Kyle Pitts too early. or Yeah, Cordarell. If you yeah, got Cordarell, yeah, who, right. holy cow. What happened? Who, yeah, who, apparently he's just Corderell a stud. Patterson. Jeez, a peak. He's leading the. He's leading. If you're in fantasy football, you hope you have Cordero Patterson on your team, and that's crazy. 
Yeah. Well, someone on the podcast may have them, but will not say it started <laughs> in the past two weeks. So, so what you can guarantee is I'm going to pop quarter L in the starting lineup this week, and he's going to have 15 yards and no touchdowns. But you know that's just how fantasy football goes. Yep, uh, Jared Cook did y'all have anything else that y'all wanted to touch on? Either you saw this weekend, or or maybe. Anything else? I know we're, we're, we got to get to what Tony's drinking because I see a yeah. A, can we a sophisticated speaking, looking glass over there? Speaking of drinking, what's going to happen Uh-oh. to Urban Meyer? Yeah, ah, yeah. Thank ah. you. I was just looking at that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. So uh, I think he's fired very soon, or or they agree to part ways. They're owing whatever. Quick, right? Are one and are they owing? Four or one and three. Oh and four. Oh and four. Yeah. For anyone that for anyone so let's just to catch you up. So Urban Meyer was trending over the weekend because after Thursday night, they went to Cincinnati. He's formerly coached at Ohio State. I think he's from Ohio originally. They went to Cincinnati, lost to the Bengals in a close uh Thursday night football game. And then instead of traveling back with the team to Jacksonville, he decided to stay in Ohio to spend time. I think he said to spend time with his grandkids. He definitely spent time with someone's grandkids. He was caught on a video uh, sitting on a bar stool where there was a younger woman who was dancing. She was trying to sit to on the bar stool with him. Let's be clear about that. She was just trying to sit on the bar stool with him and it took her and several then, gyrations to get there. And then there was another picture of Urban Meyer with this girl and another girl, both against someone else's grandkids. <laughs> and the caption on her picture was, this old man is hitting on me. Uh, and he looked like he may have had a couple of Tony's drinks, or two or three or four. Yeah, and half then, a dozen, something like that. And then I did learn, uh, this is, this is going to blow your guys' mind. I thought it was just a rumor. But I've seen pictures now. The bar that Urban Meyer was at, has bar. a picture. It's his bar that has a picture with him and his wife up on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now since then he's done a public apology, said he apologized to the team. There's rumors out there that the players all just laughed him out of the room. There's Shad Khan. The owner said that what he did was <laughs> unexcusable and they've talked about it. And apparently there's been some closed door meetings about the future of urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I, where do you go from there? What, what, Tony, do you, do you want to pick up? Did I leave anything out? <laughs> no, you pretty much got it. Other than he owns the place where this happened. Yep. So, uh, and, he, and his apology, he looked like, he, he honestly, because I've, I've done this before, he looked like a young kid when you screw up. He was like looking down, talking to, talking to reporters, and he kept looking at his feet. I was really like, well, you know, it's just embarrassing. Golly gee whiz, I just messed just, that up. Golly, golly gee. So I was trying to think if there was a more embarrassing video and uh, of a of an NFL head coach. And I was going back and looking at Urban Meyer and Rex Ryan. And so Rex Ryan, good start. If you had, if you remember, he he apparently Rex has got his foot fetish. And so he (laughs) published a video of him and his wife and him. Anyway, I don't want to go into it here because I I just, I can't. Yeah, you, I think, I think we can read the tea leaves. Yeah, it was just really bad. And so Rex survived that. I don't know that in today's, and it was his wife he was shooting. But so in today's environment, though, I don't know that Urban can survive this. And and so here's the thing. Um, You know, you should have known better. And so here's my, 
my two biggest beefs with it is one, the dumbass went to his own bar wearing an Ohio State pullover. You're the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, going with something blue, something black, something other. But you go if if you go it it it's like it, it it's like a college freshman going into a bar with a fake ID and he's got his Letterman's jacket on. Oh, we were we were we were <laughs> high school champions. Here's seven A state champions. Yeah, I've got my. He goes into a, a bar in Ohio with an Ohio State pullover on. Dude, what what are you thinking? You know, I mean, where's something different than that? He was going in there for that. And and the second thing is, is is put your damn hands over your head, man. If you put your heads over your hands, like, hey, what is she doing? I don't know. I can't. Oh, my gosh. She's, oh, I didn't ask for this. But instead, he, you know, he had them strategic. His hands are not His, his hands, hands are strategically placed somewhere between his belt and his knees. That's all I'm going to say. But, you know, I and let's just leave it. That, that was just a stupid thing to do. And I was reading an article today, the Jaguars, shame on them because they knew the risk they were taking with this hire. Um, and we had talked about this earlier. He's quit two jobs for unspecific reasons. I think he's done. Uh, it probably ruins his chance for the USC job. We'll see. But um, I, I think he's done. It's just I, I I was listening to a couple of former players talk and it's it's one and you we all know this, but like coaches preach. You preach, 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 especially to a team with a really young team like he has in Jacksonville. Don't ever be the reason we're in the news. Don't ever make yourself in the reason that we're in the news for other than football re- like other than something we did on the field. And so then your coach does it. And then I don't know if we've ever coaches I, I was, was Pat McAfee, Mark Spears, and someone else, a couple of different forms, and they all in different shows said they can't ever tell you a time where the head coach did not travel back with the team. Like that just doesn't happen. So to not travel back with the team and then get caught on this video, it's just, I, I, don't, I think he's like, Pops, I, I truly think he's trying to sabotage his way out. I think he wants out, and this is his way of like, I can make it to where I didn't quit, but I also didn't fail, but I get out. Well, I do what I tell you, you what, thoughts? Kevin. If, if he's and, and that, that thought occurred to me that maybe he's trying to you know get fired, if you will. But God, I mean, is he trying to get divorced too? I mean, and it, you know, I mean, that's well, that's what on. he he kept saying. I apologize to the player, and I'm kind of in my head. I was like, well, you no. need to go apologize to you. To he needs to apologize to his wife. I mean, you, you, I think Tony, you have a good point. I mean, you could be in a bar and some girl could start dancing on you, but put your hands up and like you know, you could you can. I mean, that was ridiculous. He looked like a damn 19-year-old that, uh, you know, just an immature person. And you know what? I'm over Urban Meyer. The hell with him. Uh, I wouldn't want him to coach any of my team. I wouldn't want any of my sons to play for him, you know, or grandsons or certainly no granddaughters to be anywhere near him. Um, (laughs) You know, good (laughs) Lord. I'm I'm just tired. I wouldn't hire him. I certainly wouldn't hire him. And I would probably, if I was the the guy, Con, I believe is the owner uh, there, I would seriously consider uh, getting rid of him. I really would. Well, the the rumors are is that that is that is definitely in consideration. I think it could happen sooner. I, I, it sounds like the locker room. He's lost the locker room, which shocker. And and what else? What else? Do you uh, run down real quick of whatever Meyer has done in the brief stint that he's been in Jacksonville. <laughs> he hired Chris Dool as the team's director of sports performance. Dool was accused of making racist comments and belittling players while he was at Iowa. 
stuff that was all known before Urban Meyer got him and then Dole resigned shortly after. He signed Tim Tebow to a position he's never played in the NFL. <laughs> he drafted a running back in the first round, despite having James Robinson, a competent running back for no, like hardly any money, on the roster. He got in trouble because he told the NFL or he told reporters that he cut players due to their vaccine status. He had a competition for starting quarterback between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew, the number one <laughs> overall quarterback, where Gardner Minshew was taking first team reps from his number one overall quarterback, which they ended up trading for like a fifth round pick. He traded away last year's number nine overall pick for a backup tight end just a week ago. And then he didn't travel with the team after their loss to Cincinnati, after viral videos go out of him with another woman. And now the owner released a statement that Meyer must regain our trust and respect. It, I don't know if you could make that. I don't think he could gone worse, his NFL mm. tenure. Yeah. It's bad. And I think I'm with that on all of it. Like I don't, He gone. He gone. Yeah. He gone. And I don't, I wouldn't. It doesn't matter. I, I think Tony – so my first thought was I thought it was self-sabotaging this because he wants the USC job, but he's read all the all the jokes about him trying to quit, and he's like, well, shit, I don't want to just make all of them right. So he's trying to find a way to get out of there without getting – without failing or quitting. And instead, I think he screwed his chance. Like, I don't know any college – I mean, I guess I winning is everything. Winning know. solves everything, but – I I never thought anybody would hire Bobby Petrino, but – Louisville, Missouri State has. So, uh, and I don't know, Bobby Petrino's press conference after the motorcycle wreck is still the best one. It's better than Urban <laughs> Myers because you stand up there in a neck brace and his face is all beat up. And that didn't come from the motorcycle. It came from the dude who beat the shit out of him because he was riding. <laughs> his wife was on the back of the motorcycle. But anyway, uh, honestly, though, L.A. is different. And... Urban Meyer has won two national championships. And if you can't avoid going viral in Ohio, how are you going to avoid going viral in Hollywood? I, hell, there's swingers out in Hollywood. That might be just a thing. You know, I, I, I wouldn't I want know, him coaching my team, Tony. I'm yeah, just telling you. I, I'm cool with Sam Pittman coaching our team. Yeah, <laughs> I am really cool with Sam Pittman. I'm happy so, with, with and Eric Musselman, Pittman, and Dave yeah, Van Horn. I think I'm let's just, just stick not, with what we got. I, it, it's, it's a power struggle, and it is tough. I, I get it. It is tough. But I, I, I think Urban – Probably needs to be a commentator on NBCSN. So um, we'll see how that goes. Well, let's wrap this episode up. We know Urban Meyer may have had a few drinks, but we know Uncle Tony has had just one in his hand so far tonight that I've seen. Yes. And it looks, I, I think I have an idea what it looks like, but I'm curious to know what you are sipping well, on. Well, it's de- this one almost done sipping on. It's delicious and nutritious because it's, <laughs> it's got an orange slice in it. So oh, well, okay, uh, yeah, it's clearly well, nutritious. Excuse me, orange peel. So what I'm drinking tonight is called a Vucare, uh, <laughs> which if in French stands for French Quarter. So it's gotten a little bit cooler here in central Arkansas where we're podding from and uh, where I'm podding from. And, and you know, so it kind of takes you to those darker drinks. And the Vucare is a is a rye drink, but it comes from Louisiana and it's it's one of those uh very rare drinks where it has equal parts of multiple liquors. And so uh this is one part rye, one part cone yak. Got a little bit of the yak in there and one part <laughs> sweet vermouth. And then uh Peychaud's bitters and Angostura bitters and then on top of that with a uh, a really cool liqueur that I love. It's called Benedictine, and it's a very much a southern uh, a, a southern uh, liqueur. 
And this drink itself was formed in New Orleans, Louisiana. It brings itself to the Hotel Monteleon, which is, I know Lifford knows where that is because I, I think I've been there with them once before. And, <laughs> uh, but um, they've got a very, uh, a very famous bar in Hotel Monteleon. And uh, this is their signature drink. And it was one of the drinks that was uh, put out there to uh, compete with the Sazerac. And, uh, but it, cause it uses rye as it's, as it's, uh, base, but then it, it pulls in the cognac and the sweet vermouth, vermouth to make it a little bit more savory and not quite as bitter as the Sazerac. And it is a phenomenal drink. Very easy to drink. Uh, the high alcohol content of the cognac and the rye is offset by the lower alcohol content of the sweet vermouth. Very nice drink. Really enjoy it. I kind of want one. <laughs> Jeez. I was, about, I was about to ask you, Pops, does it sound like something that you would indulge in? Hey, it would, but but you know, here's the thing. I like to just pour like whiskey on the rocks. It's, it's easy to do, you know. I, or, or I like to be around Tony because Tony, can, he can fix a drink and seems to enjoy it. So, yeah. Well, this is a good one, boys. We'll 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 make this one happen. And Kev, you know, when I'll be I'll be I'll be out for for a couple of weeks. We're going to uh, uh, to California to sip some wine, and then Portland to to visit some some relatives. So we're going to do a little traveling. But uh, when uh, late October, early November comes, and it's Sunday, these are nice drinks to have. Nice, nice sip. The sipper drink kind of warm you up to get the yep. body warmed up a little yep. bit. Watch Maybe I know Pops loves sitting around a good fire. Mm. Oh, I yep. got one of those. A little fire pit. Now you're talking. Yeah, we make one of these. We'll watch Davis Mills score uh, three, uh, throw three touchdowns. Ooh, yeah. Well, one of those will probably happen. But yeah, yeah y'all to drink one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, right as we're recording this, the Red Sox are up on the Yankees in a in a wild card game, a winner take all wild card game. Tony, I wanted for the people. We need a prediction from Uncle Tony because you've kind of been pretty good on these baseball predictions. A World Series, I want who's playing in it and who wins. Woo! I'm gonna go. I'm a, a Rays and Brewers. I like Homer. the Brewers and the. Uh, but are, are, in the do NL. you think the Rays are gonna do it, or are you rooting for the Rays? No, I know, I, I know there's rooting interest. Well, no, the rooting interest got because they traded my buddy Trevor Richards. Trevor actually played for the Blue Jays this year. Ended up with a 3.50 ERA. Had a a great year. So I uh, shout out. Not that Trevor listens to this podcast. I'll try to get him to. But Trevor had a phenomenal year. Great job, uh, Drury Panther. Those don't happen. So very he's not often. on the Rays. Okay. okay. Yeah. So. so he's off the Rays. But the Rays have one of the the most complete uh, lineups out there. And honestly, I think that uh, what happens if the Dodgers beat the Cardinals, uh, which they should, even though the Cardinals had that large uh, that winning streak. Dodgers are the better team. Dodgers and the Giants have to play each other, and I think they're going to beat each other up. I really like the Brewers to sneak in there, and I like Brewers and Rays in the World Series, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the Rays on that one. They just they just seem to find a way to win. If they don't have to face the Dodgers, I think they win the World Series. Rays over Brewers in the World Series. You heard it here first yeah. from Uncle Tony. All right, I think that wraps us up. Do we have anything else we needed to, Pops? Are we good? I, I know um, – as far as TV shows go, and I, Tony, I don't know if you watched this one. Uh, we got a good one starting back up, which one that Pops doesn't really care for. 
But Succession is getting back. Oh, I know. On HBO. And I love Succession. I don't think Pops is a big fan. I may have to try it again. I heard another I, buddy talking how much he liked it. So. I got I got This is a secret. I got to sneak in the back room to watch that because Cindy hates that show. And I, I just love it. What well, a bunch of the, whining bastards they are. I just exactly. love that show. I just <laughs> love They're all a bunch of whining bastards. There's not one character that's even half-ass yeah. likable. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I just love it. And I really... Uh, Greg? I mean, Greg's a little likable. Uh, Greg Digg. What's his, what's his name? Cox that plays the lead care, uh, the father? Oh, I don't know his name. The but actor. I know you're talking he's about really good. When he plays Logan Roy. Yeah, he's really good. I've loved him for a long time. Ever since, yeah, I do uh, like the, that actor. Yeah, I do. If you ever have, if you ever have a chance to watch um, the movie, uh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Okay, there's there's a movie called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, if you ever had a chance to watch that movie, Samuel Jackson uh, and Gina Davis, Brian Cox steals the show. Uh, he's just got one of the greatest lines ever. I won't quote it here, but it, it, it's just awesome. Brian Cox is awesome. <laughs> Brian Cox is awesome. I really like that show. So you know, I'll, I'll have to sneak off and watch it. Yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. That's a good one. It's a good one, and I understand why people like Pops doesn't like it because they're. I mean, it is like usually, Dude. and I think what Pops has told me before is what he likes about it or what he likes in a show is you kind of find someone that you can root for, and ain't nobody. They're all just they're all scumbags. And- hey, I'll tell you what. If you're a dad. If you're a dad and you've got kids and they're over the age of 21, you fucking hate that show because what a bunch of whining bastards. You know, it just they just <laughs> just whine all the time. They've been given all this stuff and they're all I got to take it. but but they are all, you know, they all got bougie problems. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, uh, if you think yeah, our bougie show. problems are something on this podcast, yeah. you can just watch an episode of Succession. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. <laughs> So that that's that's what's gonna be on my TV soon. I know Pops is probably watching something different, but yeah, probably. <laughs> I think that does it for this week's episode. We will be back next week. I, it sounds like uh, Uncle Tom will we'll be without you next week. You'll be yeah, I'll be traveling. Country. I'll be traveling, so you'll have to do without me next week. I will be uh, wine tasting in in Napa Valley next week. So. Uh, you wouldn't want to talk to me anyway. So uh uh we having a good time. Well, enjoy the trip. Tell the family we said hello, Pops. I'll check back in with you next week. And don't forget, you can always uh find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just type in Just Press Play Podcast. Or wherever you get your podcast, you can also type in Just Press Play. Make sure you are subscribing, you're downloaded, you're watching, or listening and and rate and review. It really does help us. And uh, yeah, I think that does it. So I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace. All right. So real quick, because I mean, it'll be a dead subject, but I don't think I had a problem with the uh, Ravens uh, running the ball to get the 100 yards. Did y'all? No. Oh, I forgot about it. Uh, no, just, not really, because, because play uh, Harbaugh made it. Yeah, no, that was, you know what? Screw you, Vic Fangio. You know what? Just, just get over it, man. This is the NFL. People are paying to play. All, all bets are off. It's ridiculous. So part of me, I heard what he said about player safety. I thought that's an interesting comment because there's been a lot of injuries with Baltimore. But then he threw. Harbaugh had a really good comment. Yeah, he was like, "Well, he threw a 
shot to the end zone. We, and, we didn't think we were getting the ball back. Because what did Harbaugh say? I've never seen a 16-point touchdown. So, I mean, what the hell was he trying to do? I was like, fair point, fair point. You know, Harbaugh said, because at first I was kind of like, I don't know, it is kind of, because I heard Lamar Jackson said he didn't even realize the record was a thing, and he was kind of surprised by it. But that's not necessarily a quarterback record. It's, it's like the offensive line and toughness record. Coaching record. Now, Lamar Jackson gets hurt doing it. That you know, that's a screw up. Well, and it wasn't like so. He said something about player safety. And it wasn't like the offensive line like blew, like cut down the knees of all the defensive linemen. It looked like they weren't. Real, they all ran to the left and tried not to really block. It was just like we just need to get six yards with the least amount of contact as possible. And like you said, Banjo could have kneeled at the clock if he was that worried about player safety. He took a shot to the end zone. On fourth down, he gave the ball back to the Ravens. Quit your bitching. Yeah, I think that's so too. Yeah, I'm on Vangio should have never said that. That that's one of those unwritten rules. You don't talk about that. If you got a problem, you call the guy up and say, "Hey, look." Unless don't so, do that. Here's my one caveat. I still think it's done by Vangio, but is this his way of just trying to motivate his players and, and trying to do something, just get his guys fired up to, for next week and moving forward? And it might work. Maybe they come out with their head on fire next week. But yeah, I just thought there was better ways to do it and start a little verbal spat. And I didn't mind Harbaugh kind of coming back to me like, you know what? F off. Yeah, I didn't. As know. Brian Cox would say on, on Succession, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I, yeah, not in the professional ranks. It, it, you know, we've heard this said about Spurrier and some about saving. They run these scores up to make sure they make their point spreads and get up in the polls. But in the NFL, no, just leave them alone. It's his yeah. team. They're getting paid. He gets paid to coach them. You know, yeah. Vic, you got a solid team. They play hard for you. I, I think things are going well over there. Just Mangio, you're on the wrong side of that, buddy. In my opinion. Side. Yeah. It could be worse, though, Vic. You could be Urban Meyer, so it's all good. <laughs> things can always be worse. <laughs> all right, I just wanted to ask y'all's opinion on that. Yeah. I, all right, y'all. That was just that was stupid. If, if, if you don't like it, then stop them. That's <laughs> always the. Yeah, that's the Spurrier quote, right? You don't like it? Stop. 